to JV to the Pros, Season 2, Episode 40. Episode 40, look at us. Oh my gosh. I am Jack Vecchio, and my partner has still maintained his moniker as the Iron Man of broadcasting, the man who refuses to take a day off work. I, I am telling you, he is not the Wally Pip of broadcasting by any means. He is the Lou Gehrig. He is the Cal Ripken. He is my friend, Corey Ramsey. How are you, Corey? Pretty good. I wish I had the iron suit and the uh, billionaire uh, money from uh, Tony Stark, but I have this. Pod, I have this podcast, so that means I have everything, right? You have happiness. You have a wonderful wife. You have joy in your life. You're richer than Tony Stark, and you don't know it. All right. <laughs> Hold up, Corey. Now, here's a, uh, hey, I gotta say, but uh, here's one thing. Uh, how much have you paid in taxes, Corey? Because if you really didn't pay anything, then you really are, you know, a billionaire. You're taking a little swing at Trump. <laughs> well, everyone's taking a swing this year. I mean, at him, you know. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. Trump, Trump paid, he paid pocket change in his sofa for taxes. Anyway, let's unload the whole show. Yeah, I, I, I somehow to the president. My goodness. Have you got Robin with a Y with you? I have Robin with a Y. She just went to do something, but she just waved. Robin with a Y in the nest. Hello. She waved. <laughs> and I've got the Queen of Queens, the Queen of Queens, New York. Our co-producer, Karen, the Queen of Queens. Say hello, Karen. Hello. There we Hi, go. Karen. She has done all her lines. And we have the last man standing. Yes. The man the girls protect from us being just hazing bastards. <laughs> Damn. Paco, I, I, I got to tell you something, Corey. Um, be, I, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, um, but um, I, I have to send something to you. But Paco actually prepared an audition piece for me, and it was such great quality that of the 30 or 40 people up for this role, it moved to the front of the line. He actually was able to um, superimpose me into a scene in the streets of Manhattan from a studio in San Diego and That's have awesome. me do the piece. It was pretty cool. It looked very real. It was really well done. I mean, the quality, the production quality, I don't think anybody else is gonna get producer's attention like Paco did. He he really showed his genius. You know, maybe I should start a whole new racket, professional audition maker. <laughs> there's, a, there's a business for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yep. it piss off your friend up in Kearney Mesa, though. Yeah, it's okay, man. I'd, I'd stand, I'd stand by you. Now, um, now you and I, you and I were talking a little bit, Corey, about um, um, about a, a couple of things going on with Netflix. Oh. Um, and you brought something up, and then Paco started counting us down to go into the show. But um, let's bring our listeners up and uh, what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Well, this weekend I, you know, engaged in some Netflix and I was watching, you know, um, American Murder, The Family Next Door, and it deals with the Watts, the Watts murder, and it's the wife, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Shanann, Shanann Watts ultimately was murdered by her husband, and the husband killed her and the two little children. Now, what makes this different from forensic files is is that 
the entire show is done through police body cameras, also through um, Facebook photos and films mm. from the Watts family, uh, film and film footage from the polygraph. I mean, they just take you through their life. You get into the life of this family, and it is fascinating. I'm telling you, it is must must see TV. One of the most fascinating things I've watched in years. Now, uh, Corey, is uh, the murder yeah. in the show? Is it uh, fictionalized, or is it based on a real case, or it is oh, a no. real case? Baco, this is a this was a horrific. I, I know the story. I know the story very well because I I was one of the people that couldn't believe that this guy might kill his family until it started going all down the um, Peterson. Um, uh, what's the guy? The guy that killed Scott, uh, Peterson. Scott. Scott yes. Peterson. Yeah. When it started going down that road where he had the girlfriend and he wanted a new life, but the things this guy did to his children, I mean, he, he stuffed one of his daughters at least, in a um, um, in an oil um, right, container, an oil drum. In, yeah, in an oil it drum. Wasn't an oil drum. And, it was like one of those real big oil containers yeah. where they draw and fill up trucks and stuff. Oh, but no, there's no actors in this. Everything is done, like I said, through body cams of the police when they first discover that she's missing, and they're talking to Watts, Chris Watts when they're interviewing him, the initial interview, also when they're doing the polygraph, before the polygraph, after the polygraph, when the parents are called, interviewing neighbors, this is all authentic footage. There's no actors in this. Now, Chris it, Watts took, took a polygraph? Yes, and he failed it miserably. Well, he, he, he committed the crimes. <laughs> well, I mean, some people are able to pass. Some people are able to pass, but he, he didn't. And then finally, he admitted it to his father, and then things started unraveling. And then it turns out that he, he had a mistress all along. Right. But what makes it compelling is you're seeing things through the eyes of the wife, of the murdered wife. All of the films that she had, all the um, home videos, you're seeing that. Her letters and to her friends about what's going on with her husband. So you're seeing everything unfold right before your eyes, even though you know what's gonna happen already, but it's still compelling. And then there's footage of her coming up. Um, she's dropped off from a trip in Arizona, uh, from Arizona, because they, they lived in uh, Colorado. And there's footage of her walking to the house the night that she died when she gets dropped off. Is it is it like home surveillance footage? Yes, home surveillance footage. And so okay. I highly recommend watching that. You will not be able to stop watching it. As much as the well, two of you, as much as you and Karen like the Ozarks, I'm telling you, this is even like, more. We like the Ozark. We do watch Forensics Files. We're enormous fans of, well, we're not enormous fans of, but we, we we're, we're our patronage to the ID channel is yeah. I mean that train wreck of of one after another. But the other thing is, first of all, I when you said he had 
two kids. I thought I remembered him to have had three. And producer Karen just slipped me a note. And yes, he had three kids. And the thing, the moment, yeah, the thing pregnant. that I, I, I remembered, the most horrific thing it's I remember, like even though the whole thing is horrific, mm-hmm. is that in order for him to get one of the daughters into that barrel where he worked, into that oil barrel from the top, is he had to um, actually break her collarbone and shoulders to get her through the opening. He had to break his own daughter's bones to get her in there, to stuff her in there. I mean, unbelievable. Well, you know, look, I mean, we've talked at length about Charles Manson and all of those people, Tex Watson and the rest of them, uh, this guy is worse. Yeah, he's worse. He's, I yeah. mean, this is, this is so incredible that, um, that this, this whole process, this whole plan went on in his head and he would kill um, Shanann. I think her name was Shanann. Shanann. Mm-hmm. Right. And he would kill his wife who, I, I don't remember exactly if she was pregnant or if she had just she was, she was pregnant. Now, let me tell you something that I that I found really fascinating, right? So when you watch it, and I don't um I don't want to like take too much, uh tell you too much, but his mistress, her name is Nicole Klesinger. So, you know, she's interviewed. She knew that Watts was married. Supposedly she didn't have anything to do with it. However, I did some research on her, and she was doing research on Amber Fry, the mistress of Scott Peterson. Oh, my gosh. Yes. She was looking up. She was also looking up, you know, about tell-all books of a murderer, of being a significant other of a murderer. All that was on her search history. So... Conspiracy. It just makes me wonder. It just makes well, me wonder, speculate you, if she had anything to do with it. You know what? First of all, just just the fact that she was that she was in on the on the on the whole, you know, the whole jig was up. She was in on it. She knew what was up. She knew her role. She wasn't like being told, like Scott Peterson told Amber Fry, I'm leaving my wife and, you know, or he well, told her he was single. Watts said that right. too. I mean, uh, he, he twisted it to make yeah. her feel better about being sure. with him. This woman was on board with the game plan that she knew she was the mistress. Sorry, Robin. Robin? Did Robin say something? Uh, yeah, I think her mic went out. Oh, um, so this woman was absolutely understood her role. She understood where she stood. Here's the problem. You could not prove that Chris didn't do those searches on her computer since he was spending time with her. You can't prove, although since she, since the searches had to do specifically with her role in this. Yes. As a juror, if I'm sitting on that jury, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking she's part of the playbook. Sure. Now there's no proof, um, and she's in the wind. She's absolutely in the wind. There's no, no one knows where she's at. I have looked. I've done some research, try to find where she's at. Um, you know, all of her sites are shut down. But you know, you can see pictures of her on the, uh, you know, on the internet. Um, 
I think there's a resemblance between Nicole and his wife. Fascinating there. Um, the other thing that I'll say, I'll throw this out here, and maybe we'll discuss it. Um, since when do men leave their wives for their mistress? I, I, I don't know when that really happens. There are certainly well, promises. There are certainly I, promises. I, I, I know. Men don't do that. When I, when I say that I know 20 friends of mine mm -hmm. who were married for multiple years uh -huh. and left their wife for their mistress, I know, I know one guy in particular that I played ball with okay. actually left his wife for a, a playboy. Um, I don't know if she was the centerfold or one of the featured girls, okay. but, he was, but he left his wife. And in about a year and a half, he realized the stupidity of it and was doing everything he could to, uh, re you know, reconciliate with his wife and get okay. things back on track. And it took a long time for her to believe he was sincere because he, sure. he had done this so abruptly. But I know, I know um, 20 or more friends of mine that had left their wife because they just looked at the wife as, nagging as annoying frankly just you and me talking here and the yeah. audience listening i think what happens is you know there's a certain amount of boredom that that starts to set in a certain amount of mundane routine where things aren't exciting yeah. you know the zest isn't there that spice isn't there and either the wife isn't doing anything to to keep them interested and it doesn't take much for someone to come along because now He's already looking, and and he's available. He's available. No, it does, no, you're right. It does not. It doesn't take um, much. That doesn't perplex me as far as people have men having a Roman eye. <clears throat> excuse me, or not just men, people having a a, a roving eye. But can we not kill the wife? Can we just leave her then, instead of killing? Well, I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, I completely agree with you that I, guys, um, what co the guy that comes to mind is the guy that played for the Carolina Panthers, who, when his girlfriend got pregnant, he decided to hire a hitman and lied to the hitman and didn't tell the hitman that she was pregnant because he would never. This guy had a weird, a weird compass about him. Ray Carruth. Ray Carruth. And Ray Carruth yeah. told the guy, it's just this chick who's trying to get to his money and this and that. And this guy ends up being a gun for hire and was furious, furious when he found out that he had killed this woman who was pregnant. And, yeah. and when he testified at Ray Carruth's trial, he used every foul word. When I watched court TV, this guy was given a free pass by the judge because the lawyer, his lawyer said he simply doesn't have the vocabulary to go around those words. So the jury's going to have to be ready. This guy threatened Ray Carruth left and right and promised him, this is not over. I will always be looking for you. We'll be getting out of here at the same time, and I'm coming for you. <laughs> well, neither one so, are getting but, out. But the Ray, killing, Ray the killing the wife, the killing the wife um, I think what happens is people see this in TV shows, you know, um, these these um, uh, crime TV shows that are on, on prime time where 
sometimes the guys get away with it and it's an unsolved crime or they beat the system or these guys sit there and they, 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 they come up with um, some sort of a plan where they just figure they won't get caught or they'll never find the body without the body. Think about it. You know, that, you know, that, um, that TV show, not the Netflix show, uh, Lion King, Tiger King, Tiger King, you know, with Joe, what? The t- okay. Tiger King with uh, Joe Exotic. Tiger King. Yeah. Joe Exotic, yeah. Now, the yeah. woman in Florida. Carol Baskin. You know, came from nowhere. And then it looked like her husband, with all the money, was actually leaving her for a woman in Costa Rica where he was spending time. And all uh-huh. of a sudden, this guy is never seen from again. Now, now Baskin, uh, Susan Baskin, I think her name is, is an odd celebrity dancing on dancing with the stars and nobody has ever found any trace of the husband. There is no, there's no evidence to bring to trial to bring her, but everything, everything points her way. Everything points her way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's just a man's crime. I do think this woman um, eliminated her husband and I'm not alone in that thought process. No, it's not just a man's crime, but I'll tell you what, for damn sure, whenever I'm watching Forensic Files or when I'm looking at People Magazine or these missing um, spouses and everything, it really does seem to be the man that's killing the wife. And they usually have Most a mistress. Most of the time, yeah. Yeah, and they usually have a mistress. And And this is the thing that's so ridiculous. He told his wife, meaning Chris Watts, told his wife... <laughs> that he had a mistress and he was leaving her and then he kills her and then proceeds to kill her that night and then kills the children. You know, here's the thing. I don't think anybody, including the 12 people that judged him, believe that he told his wife he was going to kill, that he was going to leave her for his mistress right before he kills her. I think, I think once he establishes here it is, unless he's saying this to her as she's dying, the moment he gets done with those words coming out of a bubble out of his mouth, like a cartoon, the moment she's calling mom or dad in tears that he's leaving her for her mistress while she's pregnant and she's got three kids. And, um, you know, if you, if you think about it now, how many, how many think how many how many people you think a year kill their spouses? I mean that's a tough one to speculate. I don't I no, don't know. There's, I there's don't a number. To, I'm sure there is. I almost don't want to speculate on the number. But if you have it, tell it. But I, I don't want I don't even want to give a number out there. Eight thousand a year kill their spouse. Eight thousand kill their spouse. And the other thing is that number has gone up during the COVID thing. I was going to ask sure. you about first that. First of Jake. all, yeah, first of all. And secondly, um, divorce attorneys, you know, my best friend is an attorney and his yes. friends that do divorce are like buying Maseratis. I mean, yeah. they can't go to court fast enough. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, you look at like, here's an example, Kelly Clarkson. 
she looked like she had the perfect marriage. She's on the road. She's performing. She's doing TV shows. She's got a talk show. She's doing appearances and interviews. Everything's fine in their marriage. The moment COVID hits and they've got concentrated time together, he wants a divorce. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, you talk about like these uh, entertainment, these entertainers that are married and people are so shocked when they get, when they get a divorce. Like, um, who was it? Uh, um, a recent one that Twitter was blowing up over, uh, Clark Gregg and Jennifer Gray. When they got a divorce, people were saying, oh, wow, what a perfect couple. I can't believe they were together 25 years. I'm like, you don't know a damn thing that was going on in their marriage. You don't even know why they stayed together for 25 years. No one knows anything. You know, I don't believe anything. And, I, and that's the other thing, too, uh, Jackson, you raised a good point. On Facebook, on the Watts Facebook that was, um, you know, uh, done by Shanann uh, Twain uh, Watts, it was all of these pictures, all of these wonderful things of the family and all of just best life this and all of this great stuff. But then peer beneath that, uh, peek behind that curtain, and the marriage was a train wreck. I can play train. I mean, so that's a cautionary tale to people that if they're looking at um, Facebook and you get jealous because you think, oh, wow, they have a perfect life, you have no idea. No one has nobody, any idea. Nobody actually knows what's going on behind closed doors. Nobody's no, nobody knows. I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, you know, um, Producer Karen was just pulling up an interesting statistic. 16% of all homicides, the murderer is within the family, usually the spouse. 16%. Yeah. Sure. It's intimate. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and 40% of those within the family are killed by by their spouse. Yeah. It's just remarkable numbers. I mean, just yeah. I, I, but but that's that American murder. We will watch it because I found that I found that whole story to be so incredulous. Um, I it just it, it was it was like one of the guys I saw in America's Most Wanted. He was an Egyptian guy named Saeed who was in financial trouble, and he was selling both his beautiful daughters to much much older men for um for a dowry to get himself out of debt. And when he found out the girls had boyfriends, he took them out in his cab into a park and shot them to death in the backseat of the cab. These are his own daughters, his own daughters he killed. And then he fled and somehow, somehow in a, in a post 9-11 world was able to get back to Egypt safely. Unbelievable. Incredible. I mean, you talk about People must have been helping him every step of the way for him to have dodged all of the authorities who were looking for this man. They knew who they were looking for because one of the daughters was able to make a phone call and said that it was her dad who killed them, and then she died with the phone in her hand. Now, this thing with Chris Watts, this thing with Chris Watts, to me, was just, it was it was so beyond my comprehension. I was glad I was able to rewind the TV to catch some of the details because I just thought, 
now a few years earlier, you've got this baby wrapped in a blanket and now you're stuffing her into an oil bin and breaking her collarbone and shoulders to get her in there. This, I mean, you can't need to get away from your wife and family so bad to be with your mistress that you're willing to do that to your family. I just, it's just over the top. Yeah, it's a, it's a head scratcher, um, these type of things. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the, uh, the dregs of society. And let me quickly segue into some, some other people. They're, I don't know their names, but the dregs of society. There was a um, memorial at Fort Hood to Vanessa Gillian. You know all of that. that oh we have yeah. Been talking about. And yeah, no, bring 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 the audience up to speed on Vanessa. Vanessa uh, breaks my heart. Well, Vanessa Gillian was one of the 28 deaths this year at Fort Hood. The she was murdered by um, a fellow by a fellow soldier who was uh, sexually harassing her. Nothing was done. She. I, I would assume confronted him or said that she was going to bring it to light. He ended up killing her and then he took his own life before he was arrested. Uh, since then, we've had a number of strange deaths at Fort Hood. So at any rate, her birthday just recently passed and there was a memorial and people defaced it. They vandalized it. They vandalized now, the memorial? Yes. Now what, 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 uh, I don't even know how to ask this question. What is, what, what would, what would it be? What would be their reasoning? That's a a good question. I I mean, and they have it on, they have it on surveillance uh, uh, video there at Fort Hood. And so they haven't caught the individual yet. We'll see what happens. Well, was this one person or was this a group of people that vandalized? It was one person that they know of. But I mean, look, information there, can you trust what you get from there? Seriously. I mean, because I've been researching this and following this daily, and information changes on a regular basis. So I don't know. I mean, you have the surveillance camera. I don't know. This could change. Well, my, my question My question would be, is it somebody close to the guy who, who killed himself who was facing arrest? Is it somebody who was just angry at her and misdirecting, you know, yeah. their, their anger that they lost their friend who killed himself because she was going to expose the logic breaks down right. every word I say, the logic, I sit there and I'm like, you know, it doesn't make sense as it comes out of my mouth. Yeah, it defies logic. I mean, how dare she be sexually harassed and, and how dare she be killed by the guy? You know, I mean, all of this is her fault, right? So you go and you deface it on her birthday? And, you know, I mean... That is that is like beating somebody with an axe handle, and then getting mad at them because they broke the handle. That's a that is a great that is a great <laughs> analogy. 
<laughs> I love that. I, you know what? I'm going to steal that analogy. I'm sorry. I wish you had no, the have to apologize. I'm so complimented that you that you found gold in something I said. You just <laughs> with it. <laughs> I, I do. I want to. I want to steal that. I'm going to have to steal that. That's that's really that's really something. Um, but you know, Jack, um, just to tie put a bow on Fort uh, Fort Hood. Uh, leadership is being replaced. And, you know, the government's going down there. They're taking a look at things. So I'm hoping that there's going to be some changes, some real change. Uh, uh, how many how many lives have been lost at Fort Hood? This, this year, 28. This year? Yeah, 28. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and now the government's showing up. Now the government's showing up. Because the the dashboard idiot light has gone on, and they're like, "Hey, we're a little low on ethics." <laughs> well, you know what? I I think you said it best a few weeks ago. If there was no COVID, and if we didn't have you know some of the circus that's going on in the White House, and um, you know uh, the the civil unrest, if you had removed those three things, I do think. I agree with you that this might be uh, the number one, or certainly in the top five of topics throughout the country. But it's just it's pushed to the uh, the background because we have so much going on. I mean, the civil unrest. I mean, we're we're getting uh, news updates on that every week. We're getting stuff that's going on in the White House, the man in the White House every day. So you have all of that, and this just gets pushed to the background. Yeah, I mean, the the one thing that would probably complicate this whole COVID situation is if somehow Trump contracted COVID. Like, if that happened, then I think things would go crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, actually... Um, good thing you brought that up, Jack, because uh, newsflash, folks, about 18 people contracted the virus because of El Trumpo. So uh, go figure. Yeah, yeah, apparently. But, I'll, I, you know, yeah. Um, That's a great yeah. way to segue. It, it, uh, you, uh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's, here's, the, here's the interesting thing. We all know that he does, he does the debate with Biden. Uh-huh. Finds out. You call that a the debate? Next night, well, let's just set that aside. Finds out Wednesday, the next day, finds out he has COVID. So what does he do on Thursday? He goes to a fundraiser with high rollers. He goes to a fundraiser for people writing very big checks and is shaking hands and taking pictures and no masks. And I'll tell you what, many of them are furious that he was so irresponsible that they are stopping payments on those checks. So... All of his efforts get reelect, re reelect, re reelect, re vote for me, reelect. Yeah, that's all he was thinking about. And if these people, even if they don't get COVID, they're insulted that he put them in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too far off track. But um, but the Fortwood thing, it's frightening to think that 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 went on as long as it did. And it only went on because of everything else. There's this whole sandstorm we had going on of a pandemic. 
And Corey, you're exactly right. Yeah, that this thing, this thing would have been all the CNN cameras would have been parked outside of Fort Hood. But yeah. you have been as reliable as Dateline in trying to get information, and they're you're being stonewalled. Like, I mean, it would be like something in the entertainment industry and my union not telling me. I mean, they're stonewalling yeah. you, and that that's just shocking. Yeah. Well, well I say know. I say we 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 do put a bow on it. Spouses killing spouses. Um, yeah, and it's happening a lot, and it's happening a lot more this year than in past years. Which yeah. you know, if I ever call you up and I can't get Robin on the phone, I gotta scratch my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a place to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All um, right. Let's go to let's go to let's go to break. We'll have one of our sponsors come in. And yeah, we'll let's, come hurry up and to, let's hurry up and go to a break. My goodness. Hey, I got I got some more of that um, CBD oil, the RVD CBD oil. And, oh um, man, I need it. I did a, I did a bicycle ride the other day, and my 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 back, my my glutes. I mean, I was that stuff. That stuff is amazing. It's like a miracle. You know, I did push-ups the other day and my elbow was killing me because you know I've had elbow problems for the longest time now. I put it on and then it went away and I'm like, wait a minute, how is this possible? Like one of those containers literally has like a thousand applications in there. You only need a dot, <laughs> it's like a dot. <laughs> I'm bathing myself in that, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you can order it by the gallon. Yes. I tell you what, I, I love the fact that, you know, they, they, they give the, the, the discount. If any of JV to pros, you know, one word, they give it, it's at least 10% discount um, for placing an order and putting JV to pros in there. That's, that's great. But even if they didn't give a discount, this is, this is such a great product. RVDCBD.com. It's six letters. RVDCBD.com. You want to get rid of sore joints, sore backs, sore shoulders, knees. You got something that's sore in you. You rub some CBD oil from RVDCBD.com and you put in JV Leader Pros, all one word, in the discount bar and you'll get at least 10% off. RVDCBD, we strongly recommend. Jack Vecchio with my partner, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. Corey, we were kind of having a little fun and, and getting a little serious and back and forth, spouses killing spouses, which is a tremendous phenomenon, but we're going to shift gears. I know you got some head-scratching, mysterious curiosity to talk about. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Don't sing it. Well, cue the weird music. It's time we haven't had it in a little while because we've had our own uh, uh, freaky stuff going on, but it's time time for a little bit of Truth is Alien. And I wanted to talk about the site of one of the largest paranormal investigations in world history, and that's Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. Mm. It's a place that it's a place that has confounded people for decades. And so to give you a little bit of history about it, that 
you know, King King James the Sixth, he was so concerned about witchcraft that he created a frenzy throughout Edinburgh in the 17th century. So old women suffering from mental illness and females with knowledge of science were labeled as uh, witches, and he started murdering them. So he murdered uh, about 500 and then dragged them to the Royal Mile and burned them alive. So their ashes Ouch. are spread out in the area of the in the area of the castle. So you have that going on. You also had the Duke uh, Steward of Albany who who escaped, stabbing his guards to death, and then burned their bodies. So you have all of this death around this castle in the medieval ages. Lady Janet uh, Douglas. Uh, accused of witchcraft, she was burned at the stake. And so people have reported seeing her uh, her ghost throughout the castle. There's an unnamed piper who wandered down uh, down one of the castle's underground passages, and he never returned. No one knows what happened to him. So people are saying, people over the years have said, they can hear this pipe, uh, this music going on, and people think it's the it's the piper. So anyway, that brings us up to 2001. So finally, uh, and this is something I'm sure that Paco would like, there was a team of investigators, paranormal investigators, about 200 of them. They started, they explored the castle and all of the chambers uh, to try to find what the hell was going on there. So here are some of the things that they experienced. And these were people... And they picked people that were non-believers, shall we say. So here's some of the reported experiences. Sudden drops in temperature. Mm -hmm. Seeing shadowy figures. The feeling of being watched. One person reported a burning sensation on the arm. An unseen presence touching the face. The feeling of something tugging at clothes. There was a total of... 51% of the participants uh, felt something in the haunted areas that they had para what can be described as paranormal experiences, while 35% experienced it in what was considered non-haunted areas. So that's a total of 86% of the people out of the 200 experienced some sort of what they described as some sort of paranormal experience. Let me ask you. Let me ask you something. I'm gonna jump in real quick. Um, yes. When they when they get there, are they already aware of the the haunted history or suspicious suspected history of this castle at Edinburgh? I'm, the reason I'm asking is, um, you know how um, you can put a suggestion in somebody's mind, and yes. then all of a sudden. I mean, this isn't what happened at David's house, believe me. If I hadn't seen that security footage, I mean, oh my gosh, that's when that thing went flying off the mantle. <laughs> I'm glad, but uh, I'm glad that you asked that, Jack. I think that's a, a great question, and I have an answer for you. So the person uh, who was leading the study, his name uh, was is Dr. Richard Wiseman. He's a psychologist in England. So he enlisted. It was a total of 240 volunteers to explore the haunted sites. So now to be as scientific as possible, 
the volunteers were not told which particular cells or um, vaults had previous claims of strange activity. They were taken to to locations, uh, but they were taken with they were taken to locations with a reputation for being haunted, as well as red herring places. In other words, places that weren't haunted, just to be as um, authentic as possible. So he did do that. And so what Wiseman found was what he found was the most intriguing was the fact that most of the volunteers' experiences took place in the very rooms that had their reputations for being haunted, even though they had no knowledge of that. Oh, okay. So, well, that, yeah. that, gives, that gives a lot of credibility to, to these, you know, paranormal activity. Because I, I, you know, like, if you go to a place and you're told it's haunted, you know, every every breeze on your ear is going to feel like somebody's touching you. Bingo. And I'm going to tell you, so when we were at David's house, when I was driving up with Robin with the Y and we were talking and we said, we agreed that, you know what? We're not going to co-sign with each other. If you experience something, if you say you experience something, if I don't, I'm going to be honest and say that we made that pact. We're not going to do that. We're not going to co-sign. If Jack says something, if Paco said something, we're going to be as authentic as possible. And so you so, weren't like operating a Ouija board or anything. Right. <laughs> That's why when I felt something pushing on my back, I'm on film. I looked. I didn't say anything. And But uh, there's clear footage of me turning around looking, and I thought it was a dog's, and it was nothing. And then, of course, we all saw, we all heard the mannequin drop. We all saw it drop. Right. And, and, and that's, that's frightening footage because it, it looks like somebody has, through special effects, removed a human being who's throwing that off the mantle. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to tell you, I looked for that. I looked for, you know, is there anything, you know, buttons? Is there anything? And no, David, David is very authentic. David Omen on Cielo Drive, very authentic. Just like he claimed, there was nothing that was real. Right. We experienced right. real. And so that's what it sounds like uh, with the castle. I would love to go to that castle and experience that. I think we should take a trip there. Now, where, now, where is this? It's in Scotland, Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, the castle. The haunted castle, also considered one of the most haunted places in the uh, uh, in the world. Um, Corey, well, as long as we don't go, to, as, as long as we don't go to that forest you you showed me, that forest uh-huh. gave me nightmares. Now, We're going to talk um, about that, Corey, our own Halloween special. Go oh, ahead, Paco. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you about um, so of all the activity that was reported here at the castle, uh, these I'm assuming that they might that they ran into an apparition or two, correct? Well, you know, they saw shadowy figures, but nothing like a complete cor- like, like oh my God, there's like a there's a there's a knight standing here. He looks 500 years late. <laughs> I mean, was was, no. was he green and eating hot dogs? <laughs> no, he wasn't John Belushi. <laughs> no, but like, um, because we talked about this with David going back to a Cielo, 
because there's like uh, the two types of the most common types of hauntings aside from objects moving by themselves in terms of like you know really spooky stuff it's like you have uh, repeat hauntings which is basically kind of like you know you see the same uh, you see the same form doing performing the same action going again and again it's like you know a VHS tape and you're rewinding it and then you've got your intelligent hauntings but they're actually interacting with you now uh, Corey um, you mentioned briefly once about yeah you know, your little intelligent encounter yeah you know the, for me you know as a kid things that I've seen I've attributed to um, an overactive imagination and just being scared of the dark you know six seven eight years old I think that your your senses a lot of times are not as reliable like seeing now, monsters in the closet kind of stuff Absolutely, or things underneath the bed, or the walking past, or walking past, you know, in your grandmother's house, and she has life-size mannequins, <laughs> and you think one of them is looking at you, or one of them moves. Those kinds of things as a kid. Now, nowadays, now that I'm an adult, I tend, and I was talking with Robin and Y uh, with Y about this when we were driving up to David's. I said, you know what? I tend to trust more than one sense, more than one of my senses, that if I see and hear something, then I tend to trust it more, as opposed to, did I hear that? Did I see it? But if I have two senses working in, working in concert, then I have a tendency to believe it, which is why spinning it back to some of the things that I've experienced, seeing and hearing it, just like at David's house, we heard it, we saw it. That was two of our senses, at least for me, two of my senses. And I'm like, okay, there's something there. That's how I've always looked at it. Because one sense can be unreliable. One of your senses can be tricked. I tend to trust two senses going on. At least that's just me. That's just my little theory. It's a, that's a good point. You know, the, all the senses working in concert together. It's like it goes back yeah. to uh, like UFO sightings. So, for example, yeah. I remember we talked about this with the Phoenix lights. So people reported seeing this large, enormously large object, V-shaped object with lights flying overnight. Right. But Karen, Karen and I, Karen and I saw that. We talked about it. Right. Karen and I yeah. saw it, and and I woke her up, and we were. It was just hovering there, but we were one, we were two of two hundred thousand people that saw it. Right. I mean, it looked but like it looked the, like an airplane but, wing, but with with the lights on the front of the wing, it looked like a huge airplane wing just hovering over Phoenix. But the thing about it See, that really strikes it, Corey and Jack, is it didn't make a sound. That is the terrifying thing because when we because we know it's just physics and also just you know basic mechanics in mo fluid dynamics you always have the, there's always you hear the propellant you can hear the jets you can hear the engines working to push that thing through the sky this thing was just floating across not making a single sound and it was just <laughs> blocking out stars because you obviously because of how large it was so it means that it's working on a different type of propulsion system that is unknown to us, which was briefly touched about with that secret Pentagon UFO group that, that was uh, leaked in the press a couple years back, and then they had to admit it. But I'm going yes. way off on a tangent here. The point is, it's amazing how, you know, when your emotions are attuned or not in tuned, and when something is off, you're, you know, your perspective changes about. 
It's like, uh, mm-hmm. here's a classic example, and I'm going to stop right here. In the 1960 presidential debate, people overheard, people hearing it on the radio assumed that Nixon had won. But if you watch the TV debate, it was clear that JFK won because he was, you know, he had makeup on and, you know, he was, you know, he looked good for his appearance because he was doing it for the camera. Whereas Nixon so, just. Hey, hey, Paco, I, I got to tell you something, man. You just touched on something for me. This is really truth is alien. You just mentioned the, uh, the debate between those two. I actually watched that last night. Oh, get out. Because, okay. Yes. The reason why, because I watched the uh, Trump Biden debacle and I said, let me watch something. <laughs> two, two really decent candidates and let me juxtapose them. And so I watched that. So I think it's hilarious that you bring that up right now. Because I just watched it last night, and saw exactly uh, you know, and saw exactly Nixon, what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Nixon, Nixon sweating, Nixon sweating profusely with the five o'clock shadow, and, and 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 Kennedy was just a better looking person. Yeah, that but really you know something stuck, that, that swung the election. Yeah, but I, here's what I came away with though from watching that again. One. I didn't think Nixon was a bad-looking guy, um, certainly back then. That's number one. And number two, I felt that Nixon acquitted himself very well, more so than people realize. Nixon, I mean, Nixon, was, a better, the, Nixon was a better candidate, but Nixon wasn't as appealing on, on television. I, uh, yeah, exa- exactly. I, I think, um, yeah. And it goes back so, to the sensory uh, you know, overload or lack of people remember the image of the 60s, especially the early 60s, and they referred to JFK's administration as the Camelot cabinet, right? Yeah. Because it was that image of this is America at its prime, when in reality it was kind of a show in the, in behind the scenes. And he was such a danger yeah. to the establishment, it's no surprise that he got bumped off the way he did. Yeah. and uh... Well, well, he was trying to remonetize money. Um, Kennedy had a lot of things going on. He, yeah, it was all angles. Yeah, I mean, right, but, with, you know, but it goes back to with the elite. I mean, Kennedy, Kennedy had a lot going on in his life that had very little to do with being the president. Right, he but wasn't the chip off the I old will, shoulders. I will say, I will say, I'm playing on Paco's side of the street. That um, well, a nice speech, neighbor. I think if he had been given time, I think he would have. I think he would have made some real changes in his second term. I do well, think he certainly he wouldn't have made any more trips to Dallas. <laughs> Not a Cowboys fan. Well, I mean, he's more of a, he'd be a rest. Well, actually. <laughs> you know, and one of these days, one of these days, um, we'll have a, uh, you know, a segment on that, um, talking about, you know, Kennedy's, because I know I battled, Jack, you know, on, on Kimbrough's show, I was battling with Herb Moore, over, you know, the death of RFK and, of course, the death of, uh, you know, uh, JFK because he firmly believes that Oswald did it. Firmly. I'll tell you what, Corey. Now, that that was really interesting. I mean, we kind of veered around and, and wandered a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we got we to gotta come into some money and do some road tripping. But, yeah, yeah. that would be 
That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I don't want to well, go to that forest. I don't want to go to that forest. I'm telling you now. I'll go to I'll go to the Jetsons Hotel. I'll go to with you to Edinburgh. I'm not going to that forest. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you. Uh, when we do our Halloween episode, we'll put that on the list, and you guys will have to give, you know, what you would be, what it would take to get you to go to the scariest place, what you deem. So all these things that we're doing, we're going to put them together for a Halloween episode, and then we'll talk about them again briefly, and then you guys pick the place that you find to be the scariest. Yeah, the, we find the, we, the place where you could go to and you would not need X-Lax. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. You know, talking about X-Lax, and I know, uh, you know, we got to hurry. With, uh, I mean, you, you have to be going nuts over your jets, and I told you how bad they are. You warned me. They're not good. Yeah, the worst. They're the worst team. Worst team in football. Worst but, team. There's a whole bunch of 0-4 teams. They are the worst team in football. But listen, tank for Trevor at this point. Just do it. Just do here's it because I'm, I don't think Donald's Here, the guy. Wait, here's the thing. I, I, I was not happy to find out that Cam got COVID. He was doing he was doing fine in that system. He was doing everything that was asked of him. He's got he's got he seems to have his abilities back. I was. I was very surprised that he got it. But, you know, that thing we talked about with the um, NFL has everybody wearing those smartwatches where they can tell every single player that everybody interacts with. So if somebody comes down with COVID, they will know all the contact that there is. Yeah. Right. Now, now let me tell you something. The Cowboys have become – Reality TV football style, yes. interesting, because they yes. come back from, I think, 20 down against Atlanta and win that game in a shocker of an onside kick and all that. Okay. Right. But then they're down 41 to 14. The game is over. The fourth quarter has started. This is done. And they rally back to 41-38. Yeah. Before Cleveland finally shut the door, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. believe they let them get back in the game like that. Well, I mean, look, they're they're right in the thick of things. I mean, with the uh, uh, NFC least, so I mean, I, I I think they're right there with Philly. You know, I mean, the Giants uh, the Giants are cooked. Barkley's out for the season. Um, you know, they've got a bunch right. of injuries. They've, they've got a first-year coach. Uh, so, you know, Tank, well, they have the Oddly enough, as bad as the Jets are, the Jets sideline like five of the 49ers players in that one game. Yes. But Tank for Trevor. No, tank no, no, Trevor. no. They're going to stay with Darnold. They're going to stay with Darnold. Um, they're, they're going to at least stay with Donald another year. But um, I have been posting on Facebook because I belong to a Jets, uh, national New York Jets group. You mean suicide prevention group? <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. But I mean, 
I started that was his best. Mark that. Mark that. That's gonna stay in. That's good. Yeah, that is the best. But what I what I've been posting was like, look, it's been like twenty years since they've even won their division. Anytime they do get in the playoffs, if they sneak in via the wild card, I I think Jamal Adams might be right. They might not be committed to winning. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a losing it's a losing culture. It really is, and I think I mean for one thing, get the bozo coach out of there. That's number one. Get him out and get a guy that you know is going to be there for at least five six years. I was hoping they were going to get McCarthy. I really was hoping they okay. get McCarthy. Here, if I'm the New York Jets, here's here's what I do. I I take whatever. Michigan is paying Jim Harbaugh, and I think it's uh, I think it's nine million, and I put another five on top of that. <laughs> I put another raise, raise the price for head coaches across the league. <laughs> yes, and I put another five on top of that because you know because here's the thing about Harbaugh, he may not take you to the promised land, but he's going to get you pretty darn close, and he's going to make you relevant. And that's what they need to do is be relevant. And he'll he is not interested in leaving Michigan. He's not interested. Uh, you know what? I would give him 14 million reasons to see. <laughs> and I'd, and I, you know what? People didn't think he would leave San Francisco. I mean, seriously, because they were like, oh, you know what? That's right down the road from where he was coaching at Stanford. No, he's never going to leave. And then boom. Michigan came with that um, uh, package. Harbaugh yeah. was out of there. He was out of there. And let me tell you something about Harbaugh. Back in his bags. And Harbaugh, uh, yeah. probably, I, I probably what you're ready, saying. he's probably ready to pack his bags anyway because he can't beat Ohio State. And he's taking a lot of heat. And I'm telling you, that guy can coach his ass off. And I would bring, if I was the Jets, that would be my guy. And I'd sit down with him, I'd slide a piece of paper over to him, and I would say, write down what is it going to take for you to commit to me for five years. Just put the figure down, and then I'm going to pay it. That's what I would do. I don't, I don't know that my Jets are showing me that they are that committed to winning at any cost the way a George Steinbrenner was with the Yankees. George Steinbrenner just kept backing up trucks of money. He threw $25 million bucks at Danny Tartable when Danny Tartable wasn't worth 11 Well, sure. I mean, you could do that when you didn't have a salary cap. But with, I mean, with football, um, I mean, that's what Kraft did with uh, Belichick. He has, and it, this is rumored, that he has, it's rumored that he will be the highest paid coach, no matter what, that that's in his contract. That's why you don't know how much Belichick makes. He's the only coach you don't know what he makes because Kraft keeps building, Kraft keeps adding to it to keep Belichick there. I mean, Belichick's been there for 20 years now. I mean, think about that. That is almost unheard of in this day and age for a coach to be there. That's what I was thinking horrible. I don't. I don't think Belichick's making as much money as you think. Because if he were making all that money, he could afford sleeves. 
Uh, no, nah, I mean, his ego, you know, there's no way, you know, there's no way he would stay if he didn't have, like, the major control and the money. A guy like that would never stay. Oh, he's got the keys to the castle. No doubt see, about the, it. The, see, because uh, Kraft learned his lesson with Parcells. He messed around, messed around with Parcells, and Parcells was like, I'm out of here. You know? And that's what the Jets need to do. Get rid of Bozo. Get a guy like Harbaugh. And if not Harbaugh, I mean, get another guy. I mean, I don't know. Well, Gase won't survive the season. I mean, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their schedule up ahead. They might be 0 and 11, 0 and 12 now. I mean, they're just showing and lots of injuries, and they're showing no sign of turning it around. So the Jets may win one or two games, and that might be the highlight of their season. But I don't think Case gets past Week 12 if he hasn't got himself a win. Yeah, I mean, that was a terrible hire to begin with. I mean, it was. A, it, just, it was. A, that was a head scratcher. People yeah. were like, "Wait a second, why? What? Really?" <laughs> like, yeah. So I yeah. don't. I don't know. I mean, I do think. I do think we're all in agreement that KC is all by themselves at the top of the hill. If you can knock yeah. them off, good for you. But they're just. They're just so talented on so many levels, and they got Andy Reid on top of it all. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to tell you this though. So, I'm going to tell you this. They better hope they don't play New England in the playoffs with Cam Newton. Listen, that game, you that game would have been that game would have been completely different with Newton in there. You know it. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You don't you don't think Andy had a professional respect for Belichick just kind of tapped the brakes. So, in Patrick Mahomes' career, he's been held without a, a, a touchdown in the first half three times. Do you know the team? The New All England three Patriots. times? All three times, the New England Patriots. I'm telling you. New England is the one team that has the secondary that can slow Mahomes down. Not... Stop him. Well, New down. England is going to be backing into the playoffs via the wild card because Buffalo Buffalo is for real. Well, truth be known, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs because you saw what it looks like if there's no new. I mean, so that's what you have. I mean, you become the Jacksonville Jaguars, basically. You know, you don't think the Buffalo Bills will make the playoffs? No, I'm saying New England. I'm saying New England may not make the playoffs. Oh yeah, New England might not make it. If yeah, they do make I, I it, wouldn't be shocked. It will be wild card. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if you don't if they don't make the playoffs. Don't be shocked. I think I think Buffalo goes. I think Buffalo goes thirteen and three. Buffalo, I mean, they have bought into Josh Allen. They okay. they have bought into what he does. Okay, well. I mean, they still have to play Seattle. They still have to play Kansas City. Um, they have to play New England twice. So, I mean, how do they I say? Buffalo KC will be the game of the week for sure. I yeah. don't I don't see Seattle giving Buffalo as tough a time as you think. Oh, oh I, I have KC and Seattle in the Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl. KC and Seattle what? 
in the Super Bowl. Yes. I have KC in the Super Bowl, maybe, but I see I have Seattle in the UFC championship game. And and I have Seattle winning. I'm picking Seattle to win. Huh. Going against the grain, wow. going against everybody, and I'm picking Seattle. Wow. The way yep. I did with the Titans last year. Well, right. Well, the Titans, the Titans didn't quite have the quarterback. Seattle does. They've got the pedigree. They've got the toughness. Um, Wilson, one game, one game. Give me Russell Wilson right now. One game. One game. One game. I take Mahomes. Okay. I do. I take Mahomes. Well, that's I think, not I think crazy. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson two years ago, yes. Mahomes, I'm seeing stuff I've never seen before. Yeah. Like uh, being a grasp with a quarterback. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and two dropped interceptions by New England right in their hands. I mean, we'll see. That's why, they play, that's why those guys play defense. They're great. They're great. But one game, I think I would take Russell to win it. I'm putting my money somewhere. Wow. Now, let me yeah. ask you something. Down in Florida, this this guy that showed up, the rookie for Tampa Bay, he was playing quarterback, the new guy. Yeah. First of all, first of all, before we start talking about about 12, I don't hear Rob Gronkowski at all down there. I don't, a, I don't even think he's on the roster. He's on a roster and caught a touchdown last week. I know, but he's not nearly as productive in Bruce Arians' system down in Tampa Bay as he was with Belichick's system in New England. Well, they don't need him. I mean, you have you have a really good running game. You have a really good receiver that catches the ball out of the back. You have a great receiver in Mike Evans, a very good one in Chris Godwin. Um, so you don't need Rob. You don't need to beat him up right now. You don't need to feed him. Wait until the playoffs when it gets colder. And you can't go long as much. Then, then you think he's going to be more valuable? Yeah, he'll be more valuable. And remember, he's a great blocker, too. So you've got do you've got his blocking. So um, they don't need they don't need him right now, but they'll be a team to be reckoned with if they can keep Brady upright. Yeah, because you see what Brady's doing. And another thing, the Chargers have themselves a quarterback. Yes, they do. Who would have guessed they got themselves Tyrod? I mean, okay, Tyrod gets hurt. I'm sorry, this kid, this kid is yeah. stunning. He's really good. Mm -hmm. Comes from a pro-style offense in uh, uh, Oregon. So, you know, I mean, we'll go forward. We'll talk some more. I know we got to get ready to wrap up here yeah. uh, with sports. But, you know, nothing has changed. The Jets still suck. So, I mean, in sports. I mean, nice jab there. I mean, seriously. I got I mean, to, yeah, I got to agree. I mean, all is right with the world. The Patriots are tough. The Chiefs are very good. Brady is still is still doing it. The Jets suck. I mean, there you go. All, all is right in the world. Um, one thing, okay, Corey, I have to right add. Go, go ahead, Paco. All right, um, Jack, 
you're in a safe place, you're amongst friends, and you can tell us anything you want. I know that cough syrup looks really tempting right now. Back away from the cough syrup. Or drop a blow dryer in the bathtub. He'll just park. He'll just put his. I'll, 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 I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> I, 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 I am starting to see my team as a team that's not promising anything because they're not planning on doing any anything great. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a little down on my Jets. I really am. They're, they're playing like, like the '96 Jets. I just, it's, it's like Richie Kotite has still got the team. Well, Jack, I can promise you. The 96 Jets, the 2006 Jets, the 2016 Jets. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, 2016, you know, watch yourself. In perpetuity, <laughs> that's what we call it. All right. Long we suffering. Will, we, will, we, will, we will put a bow on it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the football season has been at least exciting, which I did. I thought it was going to be done by now. So hold up. We do have one exciting piece of news that we wanted to bring up to the fold here. No, no, wait a second. Hey, come on. I've been waiting all night for this. Corey, Corey, what? I'm going to tell you something that I found out while we were, while we were in production since we did the show last Paco's behind the camera and I happened to see his dad. By the way, you think Paco is off kilter? His dad is funny. We're doing this thing and go quiet on the set. All right, three, one, go. And I start doing my lines and I hear, I'm not joking. You could ask producer Karen. And I'm like, where's that coming from? And his dad is looking at his phone and whistling while we're shooting. (laughs) Yeah. So I said, I said, Hey, what, what, what is your first name? Let me just, let me just, what is your, and he says, Paco. And I said, Oh, you're Paco Jr. And the dad says, well, my dad was Paco and my grandfather, Paco is the fourth. He's Paco the Fourth. I'm Paco the Fourth. I am Paco the Fourth. I am. I am. All of a sudden, that cough syrup looks really tempting right now, too. Paco the Fourth. May the Fourth be with you, and also with you. And that's and that is yeah, a great. Now, now, we, now we got to work on you coming up with a fifth. That's a great place to leave it, guys. Yeah. Hey. This was season two, episode 40. You realize we're going to get like 50 episodes in this season, guys? Yes, that amazing? We are. Yeah, we yeah. are. Of JV to the Pros, we can be found on Spotify, on iTunes, on Instagram. And you could go to our Facebook page at JV to the Pros, all spelled out. JV to the Pros on Facebook. And if you want to email us, it's JV to the Pros, all spelled spelled out at gmail.com. We look forward to comments, compliments, suggestions, ideas, and you can talk about 
anything you want to say about Corey, because he'll be here every single episode, unlike me. <laughs> Paco, you did a good job. Queenie's nice with a little background. She's been she's been shuffling background information as we've been going very smoothly. So I thank her. I'm Jack Vecchio. My partner, the Iron Man of Broadcasting, he can't be stopped, Corey, the Iron Man, Ramsey. My friend, we are good and we're straight through episode 40 of our second season. I will see you guys again next week. You bet. Robin with the Y, who's uh, uh, sawing hogs right now. Is that what they say? What do they say? How do they say Sawing logs. Sawing logs, sawing hogs, something like that. Hey, guys, we have to get out of the room. The president is telling us to leave. Get him the hell out of here. What? Yeah. Hey, you go back to your office. Aren't you contagious? Get him out of here. Get out. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you next All week. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Get him out of here. <laughs>